Good evening, Misfits. This is your 20.3 breakdown with your friendly neighborhood Misfits. Drew, Sherb, Hunter. Yo. Here dishing out strategy, movement efficiency, and you guessed it, a no bullshit approach to 20.3. Before we get started, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Pure Spectrum CBD. Head to PureSpectrumCBD.com. Use the code word Misfit. Save some dough. They just released some new products, new website, um, new logo, all kinds of good stuff. So head over to PureSpectrumCBD.com. Use the code word Misfit. Save some money. It's also brought to you by Sharpen the Axe. Sharpen the Axe produced the Misfit Athletics warm-up collection. Sherb has what a lot of Patriots fans want to call the Belichick. I refuse to call it the Belichick. It is a short sleeve hoodie. Super comfortable. Hunter's wearing the shirt. We have the Element shorts, which are the Element joggers turned into shorts. Um, Don't worry by professionals. We didn't let Sherb just cut joggers up. I tried. I said no. Use the code word all spelled out as one word, 20.3, to save 15% off of anything in the store. Um, Warm-up collections there. We also got some socks. We got a new hat. We got some good stuff there. So sharpentheaxco.com, code word 20.3. Hunter, what do we have going on at Team Misfit Affiliate Programming? Yo, TeamMisfit.com, all of your affiliate programming needs, whether it's actually buying programming or just some really good content for your coaches to use, implement in your classes. But probably our biggest announcement coming up after the Open, we will we'll be on SugarWad. So if you are a gym that's already subscribed, you'll be able to get your programming there, not have to do the whole copy and paste thing. I'll do that for you. One of my favorite things to do. How nice of uh, you. Or... Obviously, if you are not on Team Misfit, we'll be available through the Sugarwad Marketplace very, very shortly after the open. Super excited about that. Beauteous. All right. It is time for the top 20 leaderboards. Ooh. Did I make it? I um, think I got cut. Yeah, I think I see your name right right here. Um, <laughs> I got right. didn't I? Top 20. <laughs> Misfit ladies. 75th place on the ladies' side. Bianca Savarese, Elena Savage, Caroline Connors, Alexis Johnson, Lexi Cola Bianchi. Nice work. Gigi Sabatini, Jess Griffith, Paige Semenza, Aaron Vandendriesch, Christy Rizzo, Lauren Suver, Lindsay Lee, Jennifer McVeigh, Kate Gosling, hometown hero. Damn. Hannah Hardy, Kate. Molly Mullane, Vera Valdez, Adrian Villanueva, Mickey Nuccio. Did I get that right, Ted? Brandice Maria Bjorn's daughter. Nice. All right. Not bad. So we are going to draw one of these names from this cup here, and then you're going to get some free stuff. Are you just going to take the cup? Can't reach that far, dog. Yeah, right. Can't bend my back. Drum roll. Garbage scooping arms. Drum roll. Ooh, Hannah Hardy. Hannah Hardy. There we go. Love it. You're crushing, Hannah. Nice work. All right, gentlemen. Top 20, Brandon Luckett, Chandler Smith, Holly Holgerson, Jordan Cook, Brody Scott, Austin Spencer, Travis Williams, Marshall Creed, Nick Matthew, Cody Mooney, Gio Contreras, Alexandre Veloso, Robin Jaramillo, Kenneth Hart, Will Carter, Luke Cuneo, Mike Olivas, Brian Harris, Max Bragg, and Paolo Rozil. Damn. Sherb, how long have you been working with Holly? Going on four years. Going on four years. Sherb started working with Holly Holgerson right after he qualified for the CrossFit Games as 18. Correct. When he was 16. When he was 16 years old. Um, dude has put a lot of freaking work in. Sure has. Like we talk a lot about stay the course. We talk a lot about like 
this is going to take some time, but if you're willing to put in the work, we'll, we'll help you get there. And it's just nice to see that he has used that Icelandic spirit that we need a little bit more of in the United States and he's, put his head down and he's so some shit stoic done. about that. He literally knew going into this four years ago, like, Hey, we're not going to get there. CrossFit teens as a teenager at 16 and next year, turn around and be a games athlete. Right. Like he knew there was a long path and, you know, there's something to be said about just Seriously. going to work every single day, showing yeah. up with your almost hard like, hat and lunch pail. It's almost like just working hard does does the trick. Does wonders, doesn't it? Weird. <laughs> Who would have thunk it? And sure enough, Holly. Oh, oh yeah. shit. Holly wow. Holgerson. Speaking that juju. Yeah. Putting that karma out into the world. All right. Winners, please email Jen with two N's at misfitathletics.com with your size. And your shipping address. And you know what? We probably have your size and shipping address. <laughs> Anna Hardy and Holly Holgerson. Good chance. All right. Um, before we get started on the 20.3, <laughs> we will address what just happened in Sherb v. Hunter. Um, Anti-sabotage Sherb. <laughs> Anti-sabotage Sherb. So essentially, when we have a redo like this, it becomes the Sherb and Hunter show. Like, the whole point of what we just did was not to show people how this is done. They remember... I guarantee they remember yes. this was yeah. not a favorite workout of a lot of people. Um, so we have some people counting, but you know, uh, anyways, if you go to our Instagram and look at the story, I think Ted's going to try to pull it up on the screen right now. Um, it was about three inches high. Sherb's line. He couldn't even kick up into a hands. He didn't get no rep once. I don't understand. Two years ago. You kicked up though, and when I said like when we were testing, you were yeah. like an inch I, and a half his over. His spine hadn't been decompressed. Yeah, yeah my bad. By the deadlift, I should have accounted Anyways, for that. Um, we would never, in all seriousness, we would never um, allow something like that to take place in our facility. Sure, probably all had all good reps. In fact, he probably would have gotten Di- the Diane portion done faster. But without knowing that. We can't allow his score to go up. So Monday, I'll winner, winner, winner. You get to do this all over again. Hunter, your sabotage worked because technically now we don't even know who won this workout. Yep. Yeah. So it's and perfect. even if you I did. caught him on that last handstand walk, it wouldn't have mattered. All right. So <laughs> we're going to get into this workout. Um, I think what's really important about the information that we need to deliver to the people listening is how to do the movements more than anything. Agreed. Yeah, for sure. Movement efficiency in this workout is so huge. Um, the only way to fuck this workout up is to do Diane too fast. Agreed. There yeah. isn't really another way. I mean, obviously, if you don't hit the handstand push-up standard or whatever, but we're going to get into that. The, the trap in this workout is just blasting through Diane like that's the only thing there and then thinking that your midline is going to want to have anything to do with 315 deadlifts and handstand walk. Yeah, unless you're unless you're planning to be on top of the leaderboard, in which case you're probably not listening to our advice. You're <laughs> going to break break up Diane as efficiently as you can or as smartly as you can so that that 315 bar doesn't bury you. I'm assuming right. you could probably walk on your hands and that's a little bit easier than pulling 45 reps at 315. Right. So in previous weeks, you've gotten beat so badly that I let Hunter go first. But probably the right choice did, so far. You know a lot about this workout. You've, yeah. This is your third time doing this workout. You'll have a nice fourth trip um, on Monday. How do you how do you do this workout? How do you break this up? What's the quick strategy on this? The, the quick strategy here is to, when you're doing Diane, the first part of the workout, go to a level where you know that you can take a break and go right back to it. The trick in this workout is not overextending yourself. Like you said, early in the workout, moving smoothly Literally. and breaking intentionally before you get to your max set. So like my favorite way to explain this in affiliate class is like, if you get to, if you know your max set is 15, 
do 10, kick down and do five more rather than trying to go 15 early on. Right, but we're talking mostly to people who did do Correct. Diane Unbroken. Correct. So if you do Diane Unbroken, essentially what I plan to do is to do two sets in the deadlift to start and two sets in the handstand push-ups because I know myself enough that I can kick back up and still have enough in the tank to be able to complete those reps. But that goes for, if you have to break it up one more additional time, there's absolutely no harm in that. I think someone can finish Diane in like three and a half close to four minutes and still give themselves a chance to finish this workout. I mean, that's and, what we did. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what we just did. And the, the biggest thing on the deadlift is making sure that you brace and you don't lose your midline. So you don't blow your back up early and in the handstand pushups, keep your reps fast. And as soon as I start to slow down, break, like we've talked about this so many times and you hear us pr- like preach of us over and over again, whenever you see handstand pushups on the blog, like keep your sets small, keep your sets fast. Don't go overextend yourself because upper body, as we've talked about many a time is all fast twitch. And as soon as you burn it out, it ain't coming back. And Better believe if you burn yourself out in handstand pushups, you ain't going to have handstand walks after. So it pays to be smart early on and not overextend yourself. Can you go too slow? Can you, or can you be the type of athlete that does 21, 15, nine unbroken and then baby Diane so much that it affects the rest of your workout? I just think time or attention is too great. You couldn't go slow enough without that time or attention really eating up into your, like I guess like your battery at the end, your battery pack at the end. But I so. mean, could you break it up too much? Oh yeah. If you, if you end up breaking up, let's say you do threes, you're like, Oh great. I'll you're like a five minute. Went the other way. Yeah. You could go five and a half, six minutes and have a very comfortable Diane, but then you give yourself no chance right. to pull the heavy bar. Yeah. So yeah. we don't, I just don't want to confuse anyone. Like we're saying 14, seven, right. Immediately so after that sort of thing. Yeah. But when, when your Diane time is, is two and a half minutes right. and then you add one minute, you're adding 50% of that of workout time. Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty yeah. substantial yeah. and you're still going quick, but yeah. you're, And really, this is just, you know, if you took your level one, this is just a physics lesson. If you jam, if you cram all of that work into a very short period of time, your body's power output, it's just your gas tank is going to go away. I mean, you can't do that to yourself. All you guys that have the ability to pull 15, which everybody listens to blog that's probably doing this RX does, like it's very different to pull 315 when you pre fatigue it with something else and you are pre fatiguing it with 45 reps of not only deadlift, but another midline intensive movement. So, like, you might be able to pull 550 on a good day. Great. That doesn't mean you can pull, you know, 45 reps at 315 after you've already pulled 45 at 225. You're just going to burn yourself out. So let's break down the deadlift first. This is important. You, anyone that just watched these guys go, um, they can essentially hip hinge, not use a ton of leg drive and get their deadlifts done. You have super long arms. You have a absurdly mobile lower back, like posterior chain. Um, that style of deadlifter does not need our help right now. Um, that style of deadlifter, your body just naturally moves through that. There's some good leg drive in there. Um, good, nice job. Congrats. <laughs> Let's talk to the people that we need extra leg drive. We need the butt to drop a little bit more as you're passing the knee. As you're on your way down, that butt needs to drop a little bit more, and it's hard to make yourself do that. But your 315 deadlifts will die otherwise. Like I mean, you're going to be in really deep You talk shit. about this person with the less than advantageous like proportions on their body. You don't drop their hips. That bar is going out and around their knee. You're creating a greater pe- uh, period of leverage over their lower back. And now your lower back is blowing up. So like we've had these tips before, but when you set yourself up, get your, the head of your shoulder right over your wrist. So that bar comes straight off the floor and now out and around your knee. Like it would be if you try to set up like Hunter or I did. Like you're just going to put yourself in a bad position where that bar is swinging out around your knee. Yeah, you need a you need a judge and a coach that are with you. That's saying butt down, that are butt not down, the same butt person. down, butt down. Correct. Yeah, exactly, butt down over and over and over because you might survive. I mean, me personally, there is not a worse movement, a worse position for me to be in. I used to blast through Diane and then pay for it for like a month. <laughs> so like you can do that, but 
if you think that I would have walked over to a set of 21-315 after that, like, there's your immediate feedback. Yeah. Your feedback arrives like a fucking kick to the face immediately right after you do your nine handstand push-ups. Yeah. So if you do not use your legs in your deadlift, it's going to be issues. But I will say that from that's so that's kind of going from the floor once you get to the top of the deadlift don't bend your knees first oh, for the yeah. love of god like yeah. obvi- kind may not seem super obvious but you need to get your butt out of the way so that you are loading pro- your posterior chain which right. is again yeah. we're talking to the people yeah. who aren't as strong in that but and then wait till the bar passes your knees to drop your butt a little bit because yeah, otherwise Otherwise, you're in the same problem you were off the floor, right. just ruining your back. The, the last piece here is our people that still have not grasped the difference between a powerlifting deadlift and a clean deadlift. We're going to oh, get people yeah. that there are a lot of people that set up for a deadlift. They push their knees out. Their feet are too wide apart. That's when your leg drive will, it'll, it'll come back to bite you. Yeah. So you can try to drive through your legs as much as possible, but you're actually squatting 225 45 times <laughs> and then trying to squat 315. It's not going to work all that well. So um, there's a lot of resources out there. We have a bunch on our YouTube channel. It's getting your feet close together and really driving through your legs more in that kind of straight up and down situation as opposed to driving your knees out or for, you know, hopefully someone doesn't have a wide stance, but we do see it. Yeah, we do. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I'd add to this entire thing is that that tension's important throughout those reps. Those 225 deadlifts, for a lot of you are not a big deal, but if you get lazy in those and you don't brace your midline through the time, your back's going to light up and you're not going to have any power. So regardless if your legs are fresh when you get to 315, if you don't take care of your midline early on, you're in trouble. So like I could definitely start to feel that towards the end of the 225. I was getting a little bit lazy. I could feel my back start to get tight. And by the end of the workout, it was tight, but that's just because I got a little bit lazy at 225. Like you need to brace 225 as if you were pulling 315 and start the workout yeah and it's it's kind of like last week in the sense that you don't need to whatever sets of deadlifts you decide to do that set doesn't need to be lightning fast it just needs to be smooth and consistent so that you aren't blowing up and then unlike last week rest needs to be very short so that you can get that first portion done right um i don't want to sit here and just scare people the whole time yeah we'll move on to handstand push-ups in a second but if you don't use your legs and you don't have that mobility that you guys have, you might not be able to redo this workout. I mean, remember like, that with Max yeah. a couple years ago. That was the case. I mean, people people get to that 315 bar and it makes it sometimes not even off the ground. And it you know they wince in pain and drop down to their knees. People have been in that position before. Yeah. It's not very much fun. So do it right the first time. That's yeah, that's sure. that's a really important thing to to get into. Yeah. So handstand pushups. Um, Luckily, we've been teaching these this way. We've been waiting for this standard for eight years. Um, we, you know, again, a lot of Misfit Athletic stuff on our YouTube channel. You can check it out. We'll make sure to shoot some videos for you guys tomorrow morning to make sure that you're ready. But just this idea of getting as close to the wall as you possibly can. And if you're going to get as close to the wall as you, as you possibly can, we're going to need that feet together, knees out position so that the torso doesn't kind of roll off the wall. because. You know, we saw so many terrible looking handstand pushups for years before the standard came out where it's like, like rib cage is trying to go in the exact opposite direction as the butt and the butt just lays on the wall and like slimes up and down. It's, it's not a good, it's, it's not a good, it's not a good look and movement. I mean, CrossFitters are fairly sweaty. Slimy. I've seen it. So, um, he's talking about me. Like a windshield wiper. So again, we have to be able to figure out how close can we get to the wall 
without every time I kick up, I come off the wall. Right. So that's sort of your standard there. And when you're practicing this, luckily you can take it step by step. You can go down into that tripod position, make sure your head's behind your hands, make sure your butt, your tailbone is resting on the wall. And then where we find out how low our knees can go is when we come down and we feel our pelvis start to turn off the wall. If you feel that butt wink happening, what's going to happen is you're going to shoot your hips out and do the banana up off the wall. So we load knees out. I personally like the soles of the shoes pointing together. That just forces the other stuff to happen. If you bring your feet down sort of in that like yoga style position, um, you're good to go. And then what's important here is a lot of people think that this is hip driven, but it's really more the physics of our legs being shot up in the air. A lot of people do what I call the booty bump where they start to kick with their feet and then they throw their hip way off and then they wonder why they can't get in that nice straight line. So those knees, those ankles and knees open and the hip just kind of opens after as a byproduct. I was going to say the thing I think about when I try to do that same movement is I try to think about rapidly extending my knee rather than throwing my hip off the wall. And that for me makes the biggest difference because like you said, you do create hip extension to create that press, but it comes from a vertical extension, not an extension off the wall. And if I think hips, I'm going off the wall instead of up the wall. And it's natural to open your hip or to open your knee that way with your heel pointed up. So it feels very natural to kick your heel up in the air and have your knee close. If the toes pointed, it doesn't feel all that natural. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it, it like I, I kind of toe that line as far as bringing my low back onto the wall. Cause I can get a little bit more of my hips involved and I don't kick myself off the wall. Um, but that's mostly because my handstand pushups might fry out otherwise. So, uh, may, I feel like that's probably not the athlete that we're necessarily referring to. You're going to get through Diane fine. But uh, I think the bigger, to me, the bigger thing is, is whatever position you're, you're in, in the bottom of the kipping handstand pushup, make sure that your torso is, is your butt is off the wall and you're in a straight line at the top. The re- Cause the reason we're saying this is so that, cause if, it makes if it you easier are staying on so. the wall, you're in and you, you went with that really aggressive butt wank, then your butt is probably on the wall at the top. You're in a super overextended position, which right. is or terrible. You, you flung yourself off the wall. Yeah. Flung yourself off the wall. So you just, again, that comes to knowing how close to the wall you need to be and how quickly, like for someone like you, you can like barely bend your knees and rip out a set of 30, 40 handstand pushups. No problem. So this um, is, this is one of those things where the standard itself changes what this movement is. Yep, the most sure. inconsequential physical demand of this workout is 45 handstand pushups in the community now. It's just yep. too easy. It's way too easy. Um, the deadlifts might feel easy while you're doing them, but your body will say otherwise after the fact. With the standard, though, we have some issues, right? Yeah. So we always want to make sure that you're setting up your tapes, so that your heels are going into it. We get people that do the heels over. That seems to be a huge issue. It's really kind of hard to tell what the heck's yeah. going on there. Um, it's a lot easier for your judge if you go up into the tape. Um, and then, you know, you, you have to have a judge that's going to count while you're going. If you have one of those judges that's asking you to pause at the top of every rep, they got to go. Yeah. You're not going to make it. You're I not going to make it. Your, your time under tension upside down is going to take way too long. Like, you should be able to go up and just fly through them. I think if you're somebody who's on the line with that standard, uh, like literally, uh, <laughs> <laughs> LOL, uh, putting, figuring out where you need to put your hands on the mat and then put a piece of tape oh, yeah. on that mat. So you put your hands in the exact same spot every time. And if That's the Cody Mooney. Yeah. I mean, it, it, sound, it sounds silly, but like I understand the 
the body proportions for the very small population, this is going to be really difficult and uh, do everything you can and don't, so you're not blaming it on the judge every time. They're just trying to help you out, but like set yourself up for success, put tape on the mat so you know exactly where your hands need to be. Put the bottom of the tape as the line so that as long as your heels touch the tape or cross over the chalk mark, you're good. Right. That's the easiest way to, to deal with that. All right. So we're moving on. We've obviously already talked about the deadlift, the 315. I mean, you're just chipping away. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I went with the strategy of going six, five, five, five. I think I did six, five, five, and then like three and two. Like essentially I went to, how does my body feel? Do I start to feel like my things are breaking down? Am I starting to get too far over the bar? Is the weight in my feet not in the right spot? As soon as that went awry, I just broke. Essentially, I just tried to stay just ahead of what felt like my capacity. I wanted to, just behind actually, just behind where I thought if I went one more rep or two more reps, I would be in trouble. Break it up there so that I had a way to pace myself. And then if you saw me on camera, I turned around walked like two stripes back and then walked two stripes up. That's kind of my rest. Like, you did a good job of standing there and probably counting in your head what your rest was. For me, pacing out like five steps and five steps ended up being a pretty good rest period and allowed me to stay moving through chipping away that 315 deadlift. Yeah, I think you just have to know what sets you can do. And then it's kind of one of those movements, especially after Diane, that it might feel very different when you get there than what you thought it would or what you had remembered from before or what you were expecting. So you need to you need to not panic if it doesn't feel good i'll say my the set of 15 and 9 felt way better than the set of 21 uh and i i ripped through the set of nine to try and catch you and it wasn't maybe that says i didn't go hard enough in the earlier but um you you just kind of have to play that game stop before you think you have to um and yeah, be be efficient. Be efficient in the first part, and you'll be set up for yeah, success. Everything we said in the, in the first half. In the first half, yeah. just do it better in the second half, or right. do your best to try to focus on it. Um, the handstand walk. I mean, I would love to be able to sit here and explain to someone who doesn't have their handstand walk how to get it. We do have videos on that. Mm-hmm. It's why we do training camps. It's why we coach at the affiliate, remote coach. You know all these different things. Yeah. Um, quick tips. I mean, to be perfectly honest, you have to let your legs take you. That's a huge issue that we see with people um, start to do that wheelbarrow run with their hands before their legs take them. And then you see some really good athletes keep their head down just a little bit more. There are some people that are trying so hard to crank their neck back and get into a position where they can really see way out ahead. I'm not saying you need to be one of those people that like gymnast style puts their head between and just hopes they know where they're going. Yeah. Um, but there's a happy medium in there. And if you have issues with your thoracic spine you know, your overhead mobility, just cranking your chin down just a little bit more can't help. So the only thing I'm going to add to that is that's something I've been actually actively trying to do is to keep my head more neutral when I handstand walk. And I think the biggest thing I would say is that if you can figure out the like kind of crawl and not fall over type of deal, if you can think about trying to keep a straight line between your shoulder and your like hip or your knee, yeah. even better, that's, that's a straight line. It doesn't matter if your knees bend a little bit, if your head arcs slightly, it's really like shoulder to knee. Like, is that a nice straight line? Is that stacked? Because if that is, your back's going to stay where you need to be. If you start to get really arched and scorpion it, that's when overextension happens. That's where you're asking someone to go from a static position to a dynamic position walking on their hands where their back's going to blow up. So, you know, while you're practicing and warming up, really focus on that like area from your shoulder to your knee is that as straight a line as you can get it because that's going to allow you to stay moving as you get fatigued out later in the workout. Yep. So we have rowing and dumbbell push press in the primer. 
Um, we recommend, as usual, really starting to kind of send it a little bit towards the middle and the end of the primer. Um, exaggerate that posterior chain involvement in the row. Uh, yeah. You got a 500 meter row to begin. Really keep those heels down. Um, maybe even reach a little bit more than you normally would. Really try to warm that area up. Um, yep. RDLs with a kettlebell, kettlebell swings. There's a bunch of different ways to do it, but let your posterior chain know what you're about to do. Like yep. that is really important. Um, and then just work up to some heavy deadlifts. You know, anything in the 335 to 365 range, pull yeah, it for just, just a little bit heavier for a triple, than that, that second bar. Yeah, just a little bit heavier um, and you'll be good to go. This is... Uh, this is a frustrating workout for a lot of people, um, but I guess the biggest thing that I'm saying here is do it right the first time, do it safe the first time, so that you actually have an opportunity to try it again. Because this this workout can this workout can derail. Uh, yeah, your, and your then I I would say open. definitely like do yourself a service and and do that flush after the workout. Mobil- oh, yeah. Mobilize yes. your hip capsules. Cool do down is a big like deal. A reverse hyper if you have one. I think that's like the most I magical. I thing was a coffee table. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's our favorite coffee table in the gym, <laughs> except when I get angry. Um, but just, Clearing yeah, stick. just, just take care of yourself after the workout. Don't come and sit in a podcast for 30 minutes. Walk around uh, and take care of those tissues so that if you need to which if you're trying to go to the CrossFit Games, you need to do it again. True. Yeah. The only thing I was going to add to what you just said is that if you do give yourself the opportunity to do it again, like you have no idea how breaking up maybe one extra time or taking a slightly different break in the middle of that workout, how that could affect your score. It could give you 15 seconds at the end where maybe you were, you know, 25 feet of shorting and finishing this, or maybe you're trying to go to the CrossFit Games and you need to get an 830 versus an 845. Like you never know how little things like that breaking up a little bit different can make a difference. So you do it once, take care of yourself so you can do it again if you're not happy. Absolutely. Yep. Good All time. right. That was your 20.3 breakdown. Thanks again to our show sponsors, PureSpectrumCBD.com. Use the code word MISFIT. SharpenTheAxeCo.com. Use the code word 20.3. All spelled out, one word. We'll see you next week. Peace. Later.